Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Portland High School uh, weekly podcast for our Portland School District. Uh, with us in the studio is our Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Charles Britton, and our Director of Curriculum and Technology, Mr. Eric Martin. And uh, welcome, guys. How are we doing? Doing great. <laughs> Thanks for having us. <laughs> no worries. No worries. So, uh, I, I think uh, so far from everything that I'm seeing, everything is uh, uh, running along, and uh, we're in uh, we're in decent shape. So, uh, uh, Charles, if you'd like to uh, tell us where we are and uh, go from there, and we'll uh, let our our listeners know what's happening. Yeah, sure. So, um, this is our our third week of school. This is actually our our first full week of school. We have the uh, the Tuesday start the first week and then the Labor Day. So this is our, our first week of school. Um, things are going going really well. Uh, I want to start um, by letting everybody know how proud I am of our students. Uh, all of our principals are reporting. I'm hearing from our teachers, and I'm seeing it consistently in every building that I visit. Our students are doing a remarkable job of adhering to all of our expectations for wearing masks, social distancing, engaging in the distance learning, and, and, and all of it. You know, this is um, completely new for our, our students, um, and I'm really proud of them. I think that they're doing a great job, and uh, I, I appreciate their efforts to keep themselves health, healthy and, and safe. And sure. Their efforts to keep their families safe and their efforts to keep their classmates and teachers safe, and, and we got to keep it up, right? So... You know, it's gonna. I, I I imagine that over the coming weeks, it's gonna start to get old and tiring, and and it's not gonna be new anymore. And it's gonna be uh, part of normal life, but we've got to stay with it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm confident that because of that, I am ha- absolutely delighted to say that we have had zero positive cases of COVID in any of our schools yet. Now, I have it now, now we do have. Um, four students right now, district-wide, who are quarantining because they've had um, exposures to people with positive cases in the community and in their homes, but they did the right thing. They reported it and are now uh, quarantining for 14 days. Um, We have one uh, teacher, uh, a member of our faculty and staff, who is quarantining because of the governor's travel ban, and one uh, faculty and staff who is quarantining because they've had an exposure in their home. Mm-hmm. But those numbers are very low. Right? Sure. And um, I, I think that's a reflection of um, the fact that people are doing the right thing still. Absolutely. So the, the numbers are staying where, where they need to be for us to keep the schools open. Um, certainly anybody who's watching the news is aware of other schools in the state that are experiencing um, positive cases in their buildings. And we're learning from those experiences. And one of the things that we found is that decisions about whether you close a school or not are often a reflection on the extent to which the contact tracers are able to come in and determine who might have been exposed to the individual who has a positive test. So one of the things that that I think we've done well so far is we've created these cohorts, right? Created the, the AB cohort mm-hmm. and then created within the buildings, students staying in classrooms and teachers visiting the classrooms um, with the exception of the high school where we weren't entirely able to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. Because we have that in place, I'm confident that if 
we ever, God forbid, had a positive case, we wouldn't necessarily have to close the entire school. Mm -hmm. We could isolate the cohorts, the bubbles of students yep. that we have in place. So um, I think we're in a strong position. Sure. I think we've we've made some wise decisions about uh, the reopening models. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think we're, we're, we're seeing that in, reflected in the fact that we haven't had any positive cases and we have, are um, still moving forward with in-person teaching and learning. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things, too, as far as contact tracing on our, um, uh, not our last town podcast, but the previous one, we had uh, Miss Vicki Hand, who was from the Chatham Health District, and she is in charge of the contact tracing in the Chatham Health District. And and she went through her protocols as far as what's what's involved and what people can expect um, with the, uh, the contract tracing and how it works. And uh, uh, very informative. And I think uh, from that standpoint, they're very thorough. Uh, and I think because of their, uh, you know, thoroughness, uh, as far as that goes, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, the Chatham Health District has, has, has done an excellent job in, in, in doing that. So kudos to them and, you know, uh, the, the coordinating that with, with not only our district, but, uh, you know, all of the districts uh, within uh, Chatham Health. Sure. Yeah, and I would just, just add, I, I see Vicki and Ross Melman and, and the Chatham Health District as, as heroes in all they, they have been remarkable. They are true treasures for our community. Um, I agree. I, I've worked with both of them several times now yep. for different cases, and they're consummate professionals, and um, all of their advice and guidance has just been appreciated and spot on. Yes, yes. And uh, Russ is uh, a, a frequent flyer on all of our town podcasts, and uh, and again, is a, is a wealth of, uh, of, of, of great information and uh, stuff that's... Uh, coming down where, uh, you know, the governor's going, where the state is going, uh, as far as that goes. So, uh, and again, it's all relying on the science on, uh, on where it goes uh, from that standpoint. So um, I know the big question, you know, going around the state as far as in relation to, uh, uh, to sports, give us a, give us a, uh, I know you had a, had a board meeting last night and uh, how did that come out? Yeah, so I wanna, I'll, I'll update everybody on two things. One, on athletics, and then two, I'm, I'm sure even bigger question mm -hmm. that, that, are, that is on people's mind is what um, are the prospects for a full return? Right? You know, how, yep. where are, What are we looking at in terms of decisions we're going to make about whether we can get kids back in school, everybody, every day? Mm -hmm. So for sports, um, at this point, I, you know, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking historically what has happened it's it, it it's been a little bit of a mess right I mean, it has it, yeah it, it, i feel terrible for for many of our athletes and, and on again off again you know it's really you know anybody who is an athlete um, understands how important sports are and how much heart and effort um, athletes put into their 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 passion and to, to play with our our athletes like there's this with their emotions and in some respects, I, th I think it's unconscionable. So I, I'm really sorry that, right. that our athletes went through what they had to go through um, this summer. So the, the good news, though, is that as of now, as of last night, we are moving forward with fall sports. Um, they look different. You know, we have uh, mitigation strategies in place. We have cohorting. Um, students are wearing masks and social distancing occasionally. Our locker rooms are still closed. Um, so it, it looks different, but... We're, we're moving forward. Um, so we do have approval to move forward with fall um, soccer and cross country for boys and girls. Uh, girls swimming is uh, beginning this week. 
And um, our football team, while not having 11-on-11 full contact football, is moving forward with conditioning and football-like activities. Um, so we're, 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 we're on the right track for that now. We have to watch that very carefully. Sure. Um, you know, especially when we get to the point where our teams are traveling to other towns or other towns are coming to us. Um, if we ever get an inkling that one of our athletes might pose a risk to another town or one of their athletes may pose to a risk to us, we will intervene quickly. Um, so I, I expect there are going to be some ups and downs this fall season, but it's not canceled. Mm -hmm. okay, so let, let's celebrate the good, the good in that. Um, I know anybody listening to this is very curious about whether we're going to get back fully, right? Um, what we said as a district was that we were going to um, start in the hybrid, stay in the hybrid until Columbus Day weekend. Um, then by uh, October 12th or 13th, whatever that Tuesday after Columbus Day is, um, we would make a decision about whether we maintain the hybrid or whether we come back fully. So... Over the next two weeks, I'm going to be working with um, Mr. Martin and the leadership team and putting together a process to gather feedback from parents, faculty and staff, and students um, to ascertain people's comfort level, perceptions on how well things are going, um, how and ways we could improve the hybrid if we stayed in it, and generally gauge people's interest and feelings about returning fully. I'll also be looking very carefully at the numbers, at the transmission rates over the next three weeks, and I will be prepared to make a recommendation to our board on October 6th. I'm not ready to say what that recommendation is going to be. I think I have to you know, do my due diligence and, and gather the, the data and, and feedback from folks and then use that to an informal recommendation over the coming weeks. Great. You know, I think that's encouraging, you know, I think uh, the standpoint. And, and from the students' point of view, I know the students are uh, are, are, are enjoying, you know, the, the personal contact of seeing their uh, their their friends in, in school, even though it's only two days a week. Uh, but I think it, it, does, uh, it does help. It really does uh, from that standpoint. So, um, the, the, you know, obviously the other, the other part of this is, is – uh, you know your initiative of your uh, PVLA, and I think uh, that that uh, uh, goes into uh, uh, Mr. Eric Mart, who is the uh, director of technology and curriculum here in the district, and, and, and uh, the principal of the PVLA. He is the principal. <laughs> principal of the year, That's right. as far as I'm concerned. And, and Thank you. We, 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 we're, we're still early in the year. Would we, would we call you the headmaster? <laughs> Sounds good. I'll take it. A lot of authority, a lot of weight in that title. Yes, yes. As I know years ago, I used to teach at Loomis Chafee, and we always had the headmaster. We didn't have a principal. So anyway, uh, take it away, Eric. What's, uh, what's happening on the PVLA? So I would just start by, by echoing Dr. Britton's sentiments of, of how proud we are of our students in, in every instructional setting. Um, you know, this isn't normal. Uh, we we're fond of saying that kids are resilient. Um, but in saying that, you know, I think we, we sometimes belie the fact that this is also hard for kids, right? Resiliency is one thing, but this is difficult. They're not used to this, um, whether it's wearing masks or learning from home or logging onto school, you know, via computer, it's a new game for them. Uh, and they're doing a great job. Um, we're hearing that from our teachers, you know, we're, we're getting great feedback from our parents. We're, we're exceptionally thankful for our parents and the feedback that they're providing us. You know, we've been pretty upfront in that 
this, we're not going to be perfect in doing any of this. We never are, uh, but that we can always get better and that uh, the types of feedback uh, that our parents give us and that our students provide us is a, is a key measure of how we improve. So we're thankful for that that stream of feedback um, that's been constant and, and we're all ears and, and we welcome it. So if any parents out there are listening uh, and you have ideas or questions or concerns or suggestions, please send them my way, send them Dr. Britton's way. We, you know, send them your, the way of your child's teacher. We, we certainly appreciate that. And then also, you know, I, I have to give a big shout out to our staff. Um, you know, there's not many educator prep programs that, that prepared teachers for, for this kind of schooling and this kind of instruction. Our teachers have done a tremendous job learning on the fly, changing their practice, uh, you know, really incorporating more flexibility in, in how, they, how they instruct and assess students. Uh, and at all times, again, demonstrating a willingness to listen and to adapt based on the needs of our students and families. So generally speaking, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're very, very grateful uh, as a leadership team. Um, of, of who we have in Portland sure. uh, from our students, families, and staff. Regarding PVLA, um, you know, it's, it's not often you say that you build a school with the hope and intention that it closes as soon as possible, <laughs> uh, but that's certainly the case for PVLA. So we've, we've built it based on need, uh, needs that we understand and empathize with in a, in a pandemic world. And we will keep PVLA up, up and running as long as, as need exists. Um, so in that spirit, uh, you know, we've architected what's a, a fully functional school with a dedicated staff, a great program of studies. But our desire remains for students to be in person. Uh, and for, for that desire, we're doing everything we can within our ability to, to, to make and keep our schools safe, supportive spaces that our families feel good about sending their children to. Uh, we started off in PVLA uh, at the beginning of the school year with an enrollment right around 240. Uh, as of this morning's podcast, we're down closer to 225. And that's because we're having students exit PVLA uh, and enter our schools uh, for in-person hybrid learning more than we are seeing traffic come the other way. And there's a little bit of traffic coming the other way, and we're ready for that because needs and concerns change, and it's not always related to what we're doing or not doing in our, in our school buildings. Sure. Um, We've received great feedback so far from the, the quality of instruction that's occurring in PVLA. Our parents and students are really happy with the consistency of the academic experience. You know, the, the effort, the enthusiasm, the energy, and the substance with which our teachers are, you know, filling their classes and filling our students' school days with. We're trying to create at all times an experience in PVLA that is as aligned to our in-person learner experience as possible. Uh, and we've gotten good feedback there, too, as far as alignment of schedules. We have some families with maybe one child learning in PVLA and one child learning in the in-hybrid experience. And the feedback so far from our families is that that's been a manageable divide, mm -hmm. uh, that the experiences aren't, aren't markedly different. And that's really kind of rooted in uh, similar daily schedules. So we took a huge leap forward in virtual learning from where we were in the spring and that this is now a structured and scheduled, what we call a synchronous school day or a live school day, um, where the teacher is present with the students virtually throughout the school day. We didn't have that in the spring. We, we quite frankly weren't ready for that, um, mm -hmm. not only in Portland, but in the field of education. Uh, and so we've made that great stride forward. And I think our, by and large, our, our teachers are doing wonderfully navigating that new reality and, and more importantly, our students as well. 
it hasn't been without challenge. Uh, sure. We know that there have been some substantial technology-related issues over our first couple weeks of school, some within our control as relates to to the devices that we provide our students and families, and some without of our uh, that are outside of our control, things related to area Wi-Fi connections. Uh, everyone's using the internet now, right, as, yes. as everyone heads back to school, and, and things related to, to Google and some of the applications we use on their end uh, and other related educational applications. But I, I would be remiss to not sing the, the, the highest praises for our technology team. We refer to them as a team. Uh, in reality, they're three individuals plus an intern um, working hard to meet the needs of 1,500 people. So they're doing yeoman's work or beyond yeoman's work and, and, and meeting those needs the best they can. But we know that our, our current device allocation in the district is taxed, uh, coupled with some technology issues where we've had to do some creative and strategic workarounds with families. You know, our intentions remain to at all times having the device of in the hands of every Portland student, a fully functional, high-quality technology device that they can use to access learning and to ensure for all of our families that they have a stable internet connection uh, at home to do that. Uh, I'm thrilled to announce that we've just taken delivery of 35 uh, Wi-Fi hotspots that we'll be distributing to our families who indicated a need for a stable internet connection and that we've received word from the state that, that we'll be uh, taking shipment of 100 laptop devices within the next couple of weeks that will be immediately distributed out to, to our students in need who may who currently have district-provided devices but are some older devices that, that have some capacity and processing issues. Uh, and I know that's frustrating for families that we're telling you within a couple of weeks, within a couple of weeks, but right. we're working on some creative workarounds in the meantime. Um, and in relation to, you know, families who may be feeling, you know, I have this older device, that older device works for many, if not most, of our applications. Um, some of our virtual meeting applications tax those those older processors a little bit more than the computers can handle, and we're working to solve those problems aggressively and, and again, with, with assistance from devices that we'll be taking in in very short order from the state. And also, we're expecting delivery of some devices that the district ordered that have just unfortunately been backordered due to a, a sat absolutely beyond saturated market. Yeah, the supply chains have been really crazy. Oh, it's insane. But that we're expecting to have some real resolution to our technology device situation over the next 30 days. Mm -hmm. So we just ask for continued patience from our families. And quite honestly, they've been tremendous in giving us that patience, and we're thankful. Great, great. Yeah, I think, uh, again, we're, it's, uh, the, the situation is very fluid. Um, and uh, I think from a standpoint of uh, where the Portland District is in relation to, uh, you know, uh, around the state, I think uh, we're uh, situated in a good spot. We really are. And I think that's a credit to your leadership team and Dr. Britton and uh, your technology folks and so forth. And uh, uh, and believe me, I know uh, technology keeps me humble every day. <laughs> you know, the more you think you know, the more you find out you don't know. <laughs> as far as that goes. So very true. That that is that is great. So. Um, I know you're new here, so how do you like uh, being in Portland? Tell us. <laughs> it's been great. You know, I, I I go back to the words of Commissioner Cardona, and, and he said, you know, quite early uh, in this pandemic and heading into this new school year that this would be the most challenging and most important year in the lives of educators everywhere, uh, including throughout the state of Connecticut. Um, I certainly feel that way. It's a challenge, uh, but leadership is something that I've aspired to. Uh, so this is the work I feel I was born for. Sure. Uh, you know, 
Is it a challenge? Absolutely. But a good leader never lets a crisis go to waste. There right? you go. So these are opportunities, uh, opportunities to cross frontiers in education, to take on new best practices, and to, to increase some of our, our flexibilities around learning uh, and around student choice and voice that I think we've We've been late to the game uh, in education to embrace and adopt. So status quo is fine, um, but status quo in education has largely meant some outdated practices. Mm -hmm. So this is an opportunity to really move the needle uh, in some some absolutely exciting ways. I think blended learning is this idea of a combination of being in school and learning from home. I think it's a model that's here to stay for a lot sure. of different reasons. Uh, and there's a lot of exciting possibilities that come along with that, like dissolving the traditional snow day right? yep. and not going to school till the end of June to name one. Um, but more so just some of the ways we can, we can give students technology laden, you know, applications and means of accessing higher order thinking. So to answer your question, I'm thrilled to be in Portland and, and more generally, I'm just, I'm thrilled to be a part of an educational world right now that is dynamic and is fluid and is changing and is growing. And to be quite honest is learning, you know, we're sure. putting our money where our mouth is. We, it, we, we do the work of teaching, but we're learners. And we're certainly as educators in a learning mode right now, more than ever. And it, it's exciting work to be a part of. Exactly. I know we're, uh, we're happy to have you. And, you know, the old saying, you know, when, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And I think it's, uh, uh, it takes a village. Uh, everybody steps up. And I think, you know, the whole administrative team, you know, under Dr. Britton has uh, uh, performed phenomenally. And uh, that's, you know, the cohesiveness, the synergy that's going on. Uh, you know, not only between the faculty, the staff, the students, the parents, it, it all makes a, a, a big, big difference. So, Well, thank you for that. And I'll just, you know, kind of give a kudos to Dr. Britton here. I think, you know, an aspect of good leadership is that you give people high expectations, and then you give them a high level of trust to go and meet those expectations. And I think, you know, Dr. Britton is someone that values professionalism and autonomy coupled with high expectations. Uh, and so he's he's a very easy leader to work under in that regard. Not that his expectations are easy to work under, but the trust with which he gives you to flourish. So, it's it's been a great start. I feel uh, you know I feel empowered. I feel enabled. I feel supported by uh, you know a wonderful faculty around me. It really does take a village, and uh, or in this case, a town. Uh, you know, I'll I'll tell a quick anecdote that you know coming back into. Portland on that first day of school on September 1st. It was something we we were excited for. We had kind of prepared ourselves for. Something I wasn't prepared for um, is that it was really an emotional morning. Everything from seeing school buses rumbling down the roads, you know, something that's just been so absent in our lives to standing out front of our buildings and welcoming kids back in. And even with wearing masks, seeing the excitement in their eyes and the happiness that they were feeling just to be back you know, it, it, it reinforces how important this work is. So it is incredibly hard work, the hardest work we've probably, all of us have ever done in our lives. But when we remember who we're doing it for and we see those faces and we see how much it means to our students and their and their families, it's easy to do the hard work. Sure, yeah, absolutely. I think you're absolutely correct. I, I would just, just add to that too. Um, all of us need to to recognize that this is this is difficult. And we need to be kind to each other. Like I will just tell you, all of, almost everybody on my leadership team and all, a lot of our faculty are not only managing these incredibly difficult things with work, but we have <laughs> families at home who we're worried about and, and aware of. I will tell you right now, I'm getting texts from my seventh grade 
son who's home alone all day today doing distance learning. So, you know, certainly all of us are aware of our obligations to um, our, our professions and the people who we serve, but also I am, I am nervous about what my son is doing home right now and I'm constantly texting him and making sure he's okay, right? And that's, there's a human side of this that we're all managing. Yes, um, and absolutely. I think it's important for us to recognize that, be humble about that, and, and be good to each other. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, and I do see a lot of that. It's where I think we are all cognizant of, of how challenging this is, both professionally, in our family lives, and personally. And, you know, um, I think we're, we're all looking forward to getting back to normal. Sure, so sure. So let's keep being good to each other, and, and we'll get through this. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Eric, when you mentioned that, you know, the educational and uh, the academic landscape has changed, the that academic uh, or that that landscape has also changed on the business side. You know, I, I think you know for parents um, that are working from home, um, I, I think you know uh, for us, okay, it, it may do away with the the, uh, the traditional snow day. Well, on the, the the business side, it may be in you know uh, a, a a place where parents can work better from home, uh, and you know not having to go in to the office, uh, you know, five days a week and so forth. And that's going to have a lot of beneficial impacts. I mean, you're, you know, uh, we all, we're all seeing what climate change is happening, you know, at West. I, you know, okay, you take X amount of, you know, 100,000 cars off the roads a day, okay, uh, while everybody was quarantined, there were significant um, environmental improvements, okay, across the globe. You know, so I think uh, there are benefits, you know, on both. Like I say, the landscape has changed on both sides. So that's uh, absolutely. True. Yeah. It, it, you know, and and to that point, just because we send our learners home and, and we expect them to work at home, we know also for our parents that that our learners can't do that, especially at our younger ages with a high level of independence. And that's been a challenge for our parents over these first couple of weeks of school. But we want to encourage our parents that. We're working to build those skills of independence all the time within our students so that, you know, we're not enlisting our parents at home as constant partners in the educational process. Right, right. To, to some extent, we do depend on them to make sure that the child is logged onto the computer and they're where they need to be, when they need to be there. But we're really intent on allowing our parents who are home to tend to the things that they need to tend to in home as adults. And that may be work, that may be any number of domestic responsibilities, especially there may be younger children in the home who aren't of school age. So that idea of at-home learner independence is something we take very seriously and we're building all the time. So for our parents who may feel that this is an, you know, has been an especially large challenge over the first couple of weeks of school where they may have had to be more of an educational partner to us than they, than they uh, may have anticipated, know that we hope that that partnership is more limited as time goes on and as your, your child develops What's, what's just important independence overall as relates to virtual learning or in-person sure. learning. We want our kids to be independent and self-advocates and really have those executive functioning skills to manage their time and their organization. And that really is something that, that education and, and brain-based research tells us can start at very, very young ages. And we're moving instructionally in those directions all the time. Excellent. Yeah, I, I agree totally. I agree totally. So um, that's great, guys. Uh, I think uh, from a standpoint, I think uh, 
uh, we'll, we're going to try to do uh, maybe an every other week podcast, Charles, if that yeah, works, uh, yep. and, and getting everybody up to date. And hopefully, uh, uh, on our on our next podcast, we'll be that much closer to get everybody back. Uh, That's what we're hoping. I fingers think crossed. That, yeah, it's pro- you know, like I said, the the recommendation is going to be made to the the board of education. October 6th. Mm-hmm. So certainly before that, I would be happy to come on and, and sure. share the feedback and the data that we've collected and um, everybody give everybody a sense of, of our rationale. Sure. You know, and, and as always, I think, uh, uh, Charles, you always said you, your door is always open. So it's, it's you know, if you have feedback that you would like to share, reach out. Oh, and sure. the administrative team here, uh, you know, not only here at the high school, but all the schools in the district are are very open to you know uh, discussing issues and whatever. So uh, it's great. So all right, um, I think that would uh, not unless you have anything That's else. It. Thanks for having us. Dude. All right, yeah, that yeah. concludes our episode number five. Uh, we are live here in the uh, Town Tech Educational Podcast Studio at Portland High School. I'm your host, Dave Kuzminski, with Dr. Charles Britton and uh, Mr. Eric Martin. So thanks, guys, and be well, stay safe, stay home, and wash your hands. <laughs> Take care. All Thank right. You. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dave. This podcast was produced by the Town Tech Educational Partnership Program, which is a partnership between Portland High School and the Portland Town Hall. If you're looking to start a podcast for your business or organization, check out towntech.org forward slash podcast to learn more.